good to see you out here tonight at this gathering. Hey, like we're super excited about tonight, and we are going to enter into some mean as joy. And uh, like there's a there's a, a verse in the Bible that says, "In the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy," and that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to break into that fullness of joy. We're going to dance. We're going to sing. Like I expect you guys to be, you know, feet off the ground, not just knee bobbing. Like we're going to get into this, eh? We're gonna we're gonna go hard. Stand up, guys. Who Stand here, up with us. Who here is excited about God? Come on. Who here is excited about God? I am. I am, Robin. I'm excited. See, we got like two people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's so worthy of our praise, guys. Come on. Let's just have some fun in this place. Come on, sing it again. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. 
lift you up in this place, God. You're so worthy of our praise this evening, God. Every word. 
is no performance Lord, I praise worship Empty words I can't afford I'm not chasing feelings That's not why I'm singing You're the reason for my song Let's go, church. first song again because that was cool that was fun um but something i've been i've been thinking about is we call this a gathering it's not a service can i just have the house lights up a little bit please this is not a service so when you when you go to a service i got my car service this week and and what i did is i went and i dropped it off and the, the guys did stuff to it and then i went and picked it up and then i drove off on the things that were broken and got fixed this is a gathering we come and we bring what god has given us together you see, because you've showed up, and I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that you've showed up tonight. Because you've showed up, we're better off. Not, not I'm just better off, but we are better off. 
because we showed up. So this is not a service. I don't want this to be something that serves you. This is a gathering. You're bringing what you have, what God has placed in your life. And you're sharing it with everyone here. It's good. And these guys are bringing a bit of joy tonight. You know what? We could all do with a bit of joy sometimes. Yeah, come on. Come on, Peter. So I want us to sing that, that uh, song at the start again. And I, I feel there's a bit of Holy Spirit joy that wants to get shaken up in us. All right? I, I think there's something here that's going get, to get a little bit, you know, you might not dance. That's cool. That's fine. But you might do something else that gets you a little bit stirred up out of your seat or, or something. But I believe that there's something here that God wants to release on your life. And there's something that you're going to bring tonight that's going to impact someone else. So, fellas, take it away. Let's, let's jam that a little bit more. You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul.
Come on, God gives us joy down deep in our soul. Hey, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Yeah. Isn't that good? It's good. It's good. Thanks, band. You're awesome. Hang out there and we'll be back to you in a moment. Hey, well, it's good to see you all tonight. Sharon's happy that I said hello to him. Is anyone? Hey, no, yeah, grab a seat, fellas. Um, yeah, no, it's great to see you. It's great to see you. I hope you're having a good week. hope things have been going well. What a good place to be. Hey, if this is your first or second time uh, and Activate Church is not your home, I, I just love to say a massive hello to you and uh, welcome. It's great to see the burdens here. They've been hanging out all day and it's great to have you guys with us tonight as well. Yeah, give them a, give them a round of applause. We're going to hear from them a little bit later on, which is going to be very exciting. But if this is your first or second time with us tonight, um, welcome. It's great to have you and uh, we'd love to get to know you a little bit. So just outside the doors, oh, just on the back here. Uh, there's a welcome pack that someone, if you go chat with them after the gathering, uh, they'll tell you a little bit about Activate, uh, and we'd love to get to know you, so pop over there at the end. Has anyone had a birthday or anniversary this week? And I actually want to get all the uni students or Wintech students up as well, because I've got an exam tomorrow, uh, and Lord knows we need chocolate to, to make get us through that. So if you've got an exam happening this next week or two, would you come into the middle as well, because I want to pray for you, because... This is an important time. So we've got an exam, exams happening. Who else is studying? Come on, guys. Anyone who's studying, come into the middle. Come on. Come on, we'll wait for you. Come on, come on. If you've got exams, yeah, this is cool. Come on, come on. Anyone else studying? Got exams happening? Yeah, guys, dig in. Dig in. You need, you need a bit of energy. Alright, grab a chocolate. I'm breaking the bank, aren't I? Ashley Sergeant, you had a birthday. How old did you turn? 17. Awesome. That's cool. Very cool. Have you got chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Alright, church. Hey, why don't we stand? And I wanna I wanna declare that you guys will have a, have incredible exams, that all your study will will uh, will pay off and you'll get some good marks, alright? Yeah. All right, church, come on, let's uh, declare this over these guys together. And I, I challenge you, don't look at the screen if you know it. I'm going to look at the screen, otherwise I'll, I'll mess it up, I'm sure. <laughs> Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, smash exams. Very cool. Awesome. I've got a couple of highlights to share with you. Tonight, did you receive a couple of things at the door? Maybe not. Maybe it's on your seat. Um, but behind me, School of the Spirit. Now, this is happening on the 1st and 2nd of July. And we've still got some spot spare. Uh, spare. So I would love you to get involved. I'm mixing my words up tonight, eh? I'd love you to get involved. This is going to be an incredible time of learning how to operate in the Holy Spirit. And uh, Can I just encourage you? We all need God's power as we go about our, our daily lives. I shared last week about as we go about our daily lives, meeting the need around us. The key to this is knowing Holy Spirit's power. That's the key to it all. If we know Holy Spirit's power, wherever we go, and if we're obedient to Him, we're going to see lives transformed by the power of Christ. 
So can I encourage you to come along? Dates up there, uh, you can register online, following the website, following the event there. So can I encourage you, make sure you come along because it's going to be a fantastic time and I'll see you there. Who's going already? Give me a wave if you're going. Cool, so there's lots of people who can still come. So next time we promote it, you can give me a wave and more people will be going. Awesome. So what we're going to do now, we're going to do some faith commitment cards and we're going to write some postcards. So you might have been here this morning and this is an all-in involvement, but Faith 101, if you're involved in Faith 101, you're going to shoot out with Josh, who's just at the back there. So you're going to pop out now. But what we're going to do is down here, now let me just clarify so you don't get too confused. We've got two cards. And there's two cards sitting on these wooden things. One is a faith commitment card. looks like this. And we're going to share how much we've gotten from the faith commitments at the end of the night. But it's a, it's a really awesome total. But this is the other one. You want to get the blank one, okay? I got confused uh, this morning and grabbed one that had writing on it. You want to get a blank one. It's got balloons on it, I've been told. So you see this? And what we're going to do, if I can get the slide up on the screen here, what we're going to do is we're all going to write a wee note to, to uh, some of our missionaries and just say, hey, you're doing awesome. Uh, we want to uh, continue to encourage you in what you're doing. Uh, and, and as Andy and Karen will come and share in, in a couple of minutes after we've done this, they're going to share about how much this has encouraged them while they were over in Belgium. So we've got names up here that you can write to. So grab a pen and chuck it on this and that'll be great. So we'll do that for a few minutes. But I also want to encourage you around global mission. What we're doing at the moment, church, is we're doing prayer and global mission. This is a massive part of what we do. And can I encourage you? I'm a student. I study full-time. I also work here at church, but I study. And I, I know what it means not to have a lot of money floating around. That happens, all right? But it's not about how much you give. It's the, the, the participation. It's the act of being involved. And you know, you could go, oh, I can't, I can't give, you know, 20 bucks or 50 bucks a week or whatever it is, but maybe you could give $2. The whole idea of this is not how much money we give, but we want you to be involved. We want you to journey with what we're doing as a church. Because if you call this your home, if Activate Church is your home, I want you to be involved. We want you to be involved and go on the journey with us. Cool? Is that too, is that too harsh? Or can, we all, can we all maybe spare a dollar or two a week? Because let's be honest. We've got money for the V's. We've got money for that chocolate. We've got money for fish and chips or a coffee. Let's be honest. We do. So why don't we sow into something that's going to have an internal consequence? Cool. All right, so why don't you jump out of your seats? We're going to give a couple minutes. Grab one of the ones with the balloon. Or if you haven't done faith uh, commitment, you can fill that out and chuck it in this box here. That box there. So why don't we jump out for a couple minutes. Fill in one. Grab a pen. Stanley knows how to work the pens if you can't make it work, but come and do that now.
Another minute for you slow writers. hope you're all sorted. So at the front here we've got these wee baskets. Thank you, I'll be here all week. Thanks, Tanisha. So hey, um, why don't you come up and let's all come drop what you've written in these baskets and I'll try not to throw them everywhere and if you've got a faith commitment card, come pop it in and can I just encourage you, your parents might have done it Um, But that's not an excuse for you not doing one as well. So if your parents have done it, you can also do one. It's about us all being involved in that. So if you've got your faith uh, faith commitment card, chuck it in there. And your card to the missionaries, come pop it in here now. And then I'm going to invite Karen and Andy Burton to come and share with us. Cool, so why don't you jump up and come throw your cards in. Um, thank you. Thank you for doing this. We received a pack of postcards just before we left Belgium, and we wept over them. To know that people had thought of us on the other side of the planet, to know that they were praying for us, to know that they'd taken the time out, and it's not long to write a handwritten, because we know how rare that is these days, a handwritten message to us. So thank you for doing that. And on the faith commitments, Pete's the man. He's absolutely right, and he's also a man of his word. He started supporting us two years ago when we were strangers to him. And we knew that he didn't have much to go around. And we don't take it light. It means the world to us to see people like Pete take a step of faith and it's as big as the one we took to go to the other side of the world. It means just as much. So get on it. It's a good ride. So in Belgium, when you meet people, you give them a kiss. They don't hug as much as you do here, but you kiss. But... um. It's, it's kind of more of a push cheeks together and kiss into the air. But there's rules, because they're not as straightforward as the French who just kiss everyone. 
you know. So sometimes you give one kiss. Sometimes you give three kisses. If you're a bride, you have to kiss everybody three times. It's crazy. <laughs> so the thing about being in missions is that you enculturate. And a week ago, or two weeks ago now, we were looking at a house and we got chatting with the agent and we we're having quite a good time and I think she wanted to leave. And we said, oh, well, we better go. And she put her hand on my shoulder. And so I thought, oh, she's going in for a kiss. So I kissed her on the cheek and she kind of looked at me. And I was like, you weren't going to do that, were you? I was like, I'm sorry, I just came from Belgium. So one of the things you have to experience when you return is cross-cultural shock in the other direction. Um, so if I kiss you, please do not be offended. <laughs> it, it makes me think, actually, the, the other thing that we might do um, is Belgians, they don't just kiss, but they kind of make kissy faces. You know how, like, here, if someone asks you if you'd like a cup of tea, you might go, you know, don't do that there, because that's, that's, that's an invitation. Um, but what they do do is... They do this kind of kissy mouth thing. So if, if we happen to be sitting over a coffee and you ask me a question and I do that, then don't be offended. Um, the interesting thing about getting into Belgium 10 years ago was that it, we quickly discovered you don't go into mission, you join it. The mission is God's and you quickly realize that it's way beyond you. Um, we're really normal people. Um, we have the same fears and insecurities, generally speaking, um, as anyone else. Um, and somehow in his wisdom, he puts it all together to mean that we can mean something to someone else. And the, the cool thing about global mission is it sitting next to you, as well as on the other side of the planet? That's the global bit. And so we discovered that actually all we had to offer was him. And the only way we had to make sure that we were staying close to him was on our knees. Um, we had a farewell party two Saturdays before we left. And we invited all of the different worlds that we'd been touching, from neighborhoods to schools to different churches we'd been involved with, different towns we'd lived in. Um, and it was amazing. Belgians don't really mix circles. They have friends that they made at kindergarten and went through school with, and that's their circle, and they st stick with it. And so to have all of these people come together was absolutely incredible, and seeing them actually chat with each other and interact. One of the most amazing parts of this was our daughter Lisa's, not just class, but her year. An incredible group of kids. They're 12, 13 years old. And 
Normally you get little clicks develop in a year. This whole year hangs together. And every single one of them wrote a personal message on a PowerPoint and showed it at our farewell party. And of course, you know, Lisa and others might have cried. <laughs> Some of those kids were coming along to youth events that we did at our house. Some of those kids prayed a prayer to ask God into their heart. And it rips to walk away. It, it hurts to take Lisa out of that environment where I know she is light and life. And we're not sure who the next person will be. Because the Christians are so few on the ground. Let alone the ones that are willing to engage in their society. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I purpose and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come the cypress, instead of the briar shall come the myrtle, and it shall be for the Lord's renown, an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. These were the verses that were given to us 10 years ago when we left uh, New Zealand and um, our hope is that uh, what we have spoken over our friends, what we have prayed over them, uh, the ministries we've sowed into, God will continue to bring fruit from that. Because it's not our work, it's his work. And at times we... It felt like we were almost on the sideline just watching amazing things that God's doing. That's what happens when you partner with him and you just listen to him and you follow him. You get to have the privilege of partnering with God, even though you know he doesn't really need you, but he asks you to join him. Um, we were led out in peace when we went to Belgium and we went out in joy to know a new people. But we feel that we've been led back here as well. Um, with a real sense of peace that it's the right thing in this season to be doing and, uh, and we have such a joy to be back here um, there's a, a lot of different results I could tell you about things that happened while we're there in 10 years I mean how do you put 10 years into a couple of minutes but there was a couple of things that um, God really laid on our hearts when we first went to Belgium. It was helping Belgians see that they are the answer to their community. 
not just the missionaries, not just the outsiders. Um, and we had the privilege in March this year to see an action that happened throughout Belgium called uh, 316, based on the third month of the 16th year. But John 316, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And it encouraged Flemish people and French people, the whole country, to get out and actually show people what Christ's love is all about. And we heard of um, things that most people, when we first told them about doing an outreach around art or going into someone's living room and playing music to gather communities, they were like, why would you do that? Like, what's that about? Don't you have to, like, give them a gospel tract? <laughs> but we heard these things springing up as people engaged in their community who shared love. And um, people could go to this website and see what John 3.16 said. Um, the other thing that God laid on our heart is that whenever you heard about church planting, not just in Belgium but in Europe, it was a church has been planted. A church planter came and he planted a church. And sometimes when the church planter left, the church disintegrated, actually. So there was this planting, but it wasn't about multiplication. And um, in this last phase, in this last year, we hope to see more multiplication happen. And um, having to come home, we haven't seen that come to full fruition. But God showed us a little glimpse. The last day before we left... Um, Simona was sharing. Simona and Kay, as you saw behind us, um, work at the well where Andrew was also working in the last uh, few months that we were there. Um, there were four different communities that were meeting together on Sundays. And in the last few weeks, that four has become eight. And so um, I'm just really thankful that God is so merciful. So one of the crazy things about this is one of these communities, there's, there's a guy who got in touch with Simona because he wanted to find someone who could show him a Bible so he could start learning about it. And so she did, but she also talked about what's called Bible discovery method, a way of looking at the Bible yourself and figuring it out. But it also teaches you to invite someone else to do the same. So this guy who doesn't yet know Christ but wants to read the Bible gathered a group of friends so he could take them through the Bible with him as he was discovering it. Just like, okay, cool, thanks God. Um, and these are the people that Kay is working with. So, why are we home? Um, a number of different reasons. Um, the thing that made the decision really easy was that, um, actually Karen has been struggling with um, an autonomic disorder for the last four years. And we could kind of deal with that when it was just Karen. Um, found ways of managing it and, and making that survivable. But Grace actually, our eldest daughter, developed the same thing. And that just became too much. Um, for one thing, the school system there is very much within the box. Anything outside of that doesn't exist. 
Um, and that didn't really work for Grace. She could only go half-time to school. Um, we've been blessed in coming back, actually, to be in contact with a school, which she's going to do correspondence, half-time, half-time school. And the school that we're in touch with is, has said, oh, look, if she actually, on one of her correspondence days, just needs to be around some people, then she can bring her work to school and we'll find her somewhere to sit in a class with people and supervise her but, so that she knows she's not alone. Makes it easy to come back. Um, and <laughs> there's, there's a Dutch phrase for the equivalent of landing on your feet. I don't, I don't quite know where it comes from but it's, I, I fell with my butt in the butter. Um, I, I can't explain that. Um, but anyway, I say that because that's the phrase that comes to mind when I think about everything that has actually worked itself out for us. We managed to find a house to rent um, where we actually met the owner who said to his agent, the one Karen kissed, um, <laughs> I want those people. Make sure they're the ones that come and rent this house. Um, we've been lent a vehicle um, up until the end of July. And not just I have a job, but Karen and I have a job working as consultants for a company that has its hands in a lot of pies. Um, business transformation is kind of the name of the game. But it works in such a way that it's really about cultural transformation something that we might be a little bit passionate about. Um, working with people to be better working with people. Turns out that's good for business. Um, so we're entering a new phase, and it's a phase where, hey, we live here, and we do life with you guys, and we're super excited. Um, and on that note, I have an exercise for you as the band gets themselves up. See, one of the things that I did in um, leading worship at conferences was different ways of doing worship, and one of the things is passing the sign of peace, um, which actually is a holy kiss. And when, when Belgians haven't seen each other for a long time, they kiss each other, and this is guys, guys, girls, girls, and in between um, so and it's three and so I would actually really like you guys to kiss each other not all of you us <laughs> but three kisses and it's you know I'll, I'll, I'll demo it's cheek, cheeks and noise no lips right um, but the cool thing is, is that really this is, the thing about passing the sign of peace is it came from a context where it was dangerous to be a Christian. And to get close enough to someone to exchange a kiss meant they could take you out. And so it had to be in peace or it didn't really work. And so I would like us to actually celebrate peace in a Belgian way, pass peace to each other to say, hey, it's, it's good between us and God. 
không Let's grab, grab you guys back up for a second. And, and girls, if you jump up as well, I just want to quickly pray for you. You know, that takes me a little bit out of my comfort zone, for sure. I don't know about you. Uh, hey, but it's awesome to have you guys back. And I'm, it's cool to see the hand of God on, on you guys as you've come back, back into New Zealand. And I just want to declare God's favour as, as you go forward and really welcome you back in into the family. You've always been part of the family, but to really welcome you back and that you're here. So, Lord, thank you for the, the Burton's Father. Thank you that you have been with them this whole time, God, that your hand is upon them, your favor is upon them. God, and I declare that your spirit would go before them. Lord, everything they put to their hand to would flourish, God, and the things that they put in place in Belgium would continue to grow and flourish and have impact long after they've gone. And Lord, Father, I pray that this time as they go forward in New Zealand, Lord, that they know that you're walking with them, that they have confidence, that also have peace. There wouldn't be any anxiety about what's happening before them, God, but they know that you've got everything under control. And right now we declare over Karen and Grace, your healing power, God, we say this is not okay. We say this is not okay, this um, disease, whatever is going on in their bodies. In Jesus' name, we declare healing. We declare by your might. God, you're a God who heals. By your stripes, we are healed. So right now we declare that. Come on, church. We declare that in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray you bless them and keep them. And Lord, may your favor shine upon them. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand and participate in worship? Take it away, band.
your name is high. I am desperate, 
Thank you for your presence in this place tonight. And I ask that you would, in a way, whether we'd like it or not, I ask if you would bring a godly perspective to each of us. Lord, that we'd see ourselves, that we would see our lives just for a moment. through your eyes. Only you know the real state of things represented in this room, Holy Spirit. But I ask for truth tonight. I ask that you would reveal something of your view 
embrace your love. And where required, may we embrace your conviction. suffering for your love thank you that this is the God we serve this is the God we encounter, this is a God who leads us this is a, a God who's made it possible for us to have relationship with I pray Father that just a moment Maybe for just a moment that you would reveal the lie that some of us are living under so that we can see you. sometimes is just to stop and wait in his presence. Allow him to reveal truth in our lives. Then we can respond to him however we need to. Thanks guys. Don't don't go too far, I don't I'm not gonna be very long.
famous last words, but there you go. <clears throat> hey, can I just encourage you around School of the Spirit? I was talking to Helen Calder, who's our guest, guest who's coming across from Melbourne to be with us on um, Friday. Oh, she's coming on the 1st of July, but I was talking to her on Friday. And, um, and uh, she was just sharing with me some of what God's downloading to her about her weekend with us. And I was excited before. I'm jumping out of my skin now. Some of the things that God wants to say to us and, and communicate to us at church is flipping amazing. So um, I would be there. We're going to run out of seats, so you need to get in fast. How many of us have got one of those friends? You know, we've all got one of those friends, eh? That's outspoken, that talks before they think, that will jump into a situation without giving it any thought or thinking what the outcome could be. They'll just jump in there. They're the ones that before they've even thought about it, they've said something which is going to cause you trouble. We've all got one, eh? A friend like that somewhere. Just think about it. You probably, If it's not a friend, it'll be a family member who should be your friend. But there you go. Well, Peter was one of these guys in the Bible. The apostle, Peter. He was a dude that got in trouble. He was a dude that said stuff before he thought it through. He would just kind of like fly off the handle and do something random or say something uh, that had great consequences before he even thought about it. And Peter, <coughs> excuse me, Peter had just had a nightmare of a few days. He'd had a nightmare because he'd come out in a conversation with Jesus and he said, no matter what happens to you, I will never deny you. I will never do it. I will never do it. And Jesus said, mark my words, before the cock crows three times, uh, the cock crows, you would have denied me three times. Peter goes, no, it'll never happen. We find Peter a little while later after he has denied Jesus, after he's ditched Jesus, and we find him now in a great depression, self-imposed one. He's climbed into it because he's feeling absolutely terrible because he's just done everything he said he wasn't going to do. Some of our lives look like that. We're doing everything that we said we weren't going to do. But Peter climbs into this depression, and then we see in John chapter 21, he's come back together with his friends, and he said, let's go fishing. So they jump in the boat and they go fishing. Peter was a fisherman. So Peter, the guy who has absolutely stuffed it up with Jesus completely now, says, let's go fishing. They sit in the boat with him all night and they don't catch one fish. Not one. Like the guy stuffs it up here, so we'll go fishing, go fishing, don't even catch a fish. Useless. I mean, how many would go, I would not sit in the boat all night for no fish. It's ridiculous. And they wake up in the morning and there's some dude on the beach and he's got a fire going. And he looks out at the boat and he goes, ah, just throw the net out on the other side. Like, you're going to do that, aren't you? Some guy you don't know on the beach. Just, just throw the net on the other side of the boat. Peter's a fisherman. Why would he throw the net on? They have been fishing all night long. Anyway, they do. They throw the net on the other side of the boat and they catch 153 fish, the Bible tells us. 153. 
crazy. The guys get quite excited and there's something going on and they jump out of the boat and they go into the dude who's got on the beach who's got the fire going and is cooking breakfast and he goes, well, are you going to bring the fish so we can have something to eat or what? And they realised and they recognised that it was Jesus. No one had to ask. They recognised it was him. We pick up the story there in John 21 verse 15. And it says this, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Simon said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I love these questions. <coughs> Many people read this as a bit of a rebuke to Peter because Peter had denied Jesus three times. And it's like there's a question three times. But what's actually happening here is not a rebuke. This is a restoration. This is Jesus restoring his friend and restoring a disciple, Peter, who has made a complete mess of it. And he does it by asking him a question. Some of us in this room tonight need restoring to God. For some of us, things are all dandy. But for others of us, we need to be restored. But for all of us, we need to be able to answer the question, do you love me? Do you love me? How would you answer the question? Can I ask it another way? How does your life say, do you love me? How does your life say that? How does your life display that you love Jesus? Or what is the fruit of your life that unmistakably represents Jesus? Because that's what Jesus was doing with Peter. He was restoring him by asking a question, and then he was actually telling him what his life was going to look like. The last paragraph of 21 there, which I never read to you, says what his life is going to look like when he's an older man. That he would be taken where he didn't want to go and dressed in clothes he didn't want to wear, etc. He'd be a prisoner. He would die a prisoner. But the answer to the question is a really, really important for us. If Jesus said to you tonight, if he was to look at you, if he was to ask you, do you love me? How would you answer the question? You see, I think the answer of the question has to have evidence to go with the answer. There needs to be evidence. Oh, I love you, Lord. Well, that's cool, but where's the evidence of that? We can all say, I love you, Lord. We can all put on the, the words and everything else, but where is the evidence to go with, I love you, Lord? In, um, in Matthew chapter 7, it says this. This has got to be one of the scariest scriptures in the Bible. It says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, 
will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter heaven. That is scary. And what's that saying? It's saying, where is the evidence? It goes on and it says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we perform miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Ouch. That has to be one of the scariest scriptures, surely. Because how many of us want to do good things for God? Most of us? Yeah, most of us. But he could say, I never knew you. Only those who actually do the will of God. Or maybe the saying is true, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. 1 John 2, 1-6. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Those who know him. If we love God, if we know God, we'll obey God. And what's he given us to obey? He's only given us two commandments. He spells that out in the, in the uh, Great Commission. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey me. And what's he asked us to do? He said, teach us to obey him. He's only given us two things to do. You must love the Lord your God, Matthew 22, with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we've been obedient to God, we're loving God and we're loving our neighbor. That's the evidence. Do you love me? That's the evidence. That's what it looks like. So do you love me? Love looks like obedience. And obedience is a fruit of knowing him. And knowing him is a fruit of prayer. God's got us on this crazy good journey at the moment with prayer as a church. Prayer, if I can define prayer to you, I would say it's a divine conversation. That, that's what it is. It's not a monologue. It's a conversation. It's backwards and forwards. It's, it's conversing. It's, it's relationship. It's getting to know. It's divine. If Jan and I are having a conversation about God over the dinner table, in a sense, that's prayer. We're having a conversation, a dialogue about who he is. It's a divine conversation, including God in it. And God's got us on this crazy, uh, this, this wonderful journey of prayer. And it dawned on me that the goalposts are wrong for many people. This is what it comes down to. The goalposts are wrong. Many people have the goalposts as a transformed life for Christians. What's a goalpost? Oh, transform life. Be like Jesus. That's not the goalpost. That's wrong. The goalpost is to know him. That is, that's why Jesus went to the cross. 
That's why he died on the cross for our sin. It was so that we can be connected to the Father through Jesus. The goalpost is to know God. Transformed life comes from journeying with him. It becomes a fruit of the journey, not the goal. But if we're journeying with him, a transformed life will be the outcome. It will be. You may never be perfect, but you'll be transformed more and more in his likeness. It'd be nice at some point we touch that perfect button, wouldn't it? It may not happen in my lifetime, but I know I'm moving toward him. But the goalpost is to know him. And that's what prayer's about. It's to know him. That's what it's all about. So I look at it and I go, okay, so God commands us to love. He commands us to love. So if we're going to love, that means we have to be obedient to God. We've been obedient by loving. What's obedient? Obedience comes from knowing him. That's what the scripture I just read. If we know him, we'll be obedient to him. If we're obedient to him, we will love. And all of that comes right back to prayer. So God's got us on this crazy good journey. And I started leaning kind of hard. But I want to encourage you that it's a journey. And I want to encourage you that all of these things we can participate in, starting with prayer, the divine conversation with God. And as we have that divine conversation, and as we get to know his word, we get to know him and his ways. And as we get to know him and his ways, we express that by loving him. And as we love him, we will be obedient to him. And as we're obedient to him, we will love him and love one another. And that's all he's asked us to do. Cool. Who can do that? No one. Who can do that? Seriously. Who can do that? Who can pray? Who can pray? That is a starting place, isn't it? We can all pray. We can all have a conversation with God. As we have a conversation with him, we will get to know. See, why I, this is really, really important. In fact, I would say that this question, do you know him? So if we just back up to what I said, to love him, first we've got to know him. Yes? So the question actually is, do you know him? That is possibly the most important question in the universe. Do you know him? Do you know him? I cannot think of a more important question because that's at the start of the, at the journey. Do you know him? Yeah, well, I know him a little. Well, that's great. I used to know Jan a little. I know her a lot now. It's because I've journeyed life with her. Journeyed life. I used to know Owen a little. I know him a little more now because we're journeying life together. And I could go throughout the room. Know him. Prayer. Know him. Love him. Be obedient. Love God. Love one another. I reckon it's fully achievable for all of us. So at the end of the day, if it's the most important question in the universe, do you know him? There are only two answers. Yes, 
or no? Yes means anything from a little to a lot. And no means no. It means no. But his desire is that every one of us knows him. His desire is that every one of us is on a journey with him. And I would like to think that every one of us in this room is in a different place now with him than we were 12 months ago. You might go, well, I'm nowhere with him. Well, let's hope that you're a little closer, just the fact that you're sitting in this room, than you were 12 months ago. Maybe. But tonight, I would like to, as we close, if the band want to come back, that'd be great. Thanks. I would like, as we finish, to give you an opportunity to commit yourself to him, to go on the journey with him, to decide here and now that you're going to start to walk a path to knowing him. What I love about the journey is I remember once... I was in a meeting and the preacher was preaching really hard and strong and he was preaching to a room full of leaders and he said, you must know who you are in God. You must know the way that God has graced you so that he can use you like he wants to use you. And it was a compelling message and he finished it and I felt absolutely dreadful. I felt like I was a ton of bricks on my shoulder. And I went and saw him and I said, I hear what you're saying. And I'm doing my best. But number one, I'm still getting to know him. Number two, I don't even know who I am yet. I'm trying to discover that. And number three, I want to be used by him. But who knows what that looks like? I feel terrible because you said I need to know him and I need to know me. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, oh, Sheridan, he said, no, no, it'll take you a lifetime. I said, oh, that's not what I heard. But I want you to hear that tonight. It'll take a lifetime. The journey with God is a lifetime journey. We start to get to know and then we unpack it. And we get to know him and we get to know him and it's never ending. And it just gets better and it gets better and it gets better and sometimes it gets harder and sometimes it gets more confusing and sometimes it's just like, oh, flip, this is crazy. But it's a lifetime journey. And He is so big and He is so awesome and He is so loving and He is so gracious and He is so kind and He wants you to experience all of it. And He wants you to journey with Him. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. How would you answer the question tonight? Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? And as you contemplate that, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to Jesus tonight. And If you say, Jesus, I want to choose you tonight. I've never chosen you to this point, but I want to say in this environment, I want to start the journey with you tonight. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. Well, perhaps you're saying, Jesus, I had a relationship with you and we've met some rocky times for whatever I've stepped away from you. But tonight I want to get back on the pathway. The, I want to get back on the journey. 
I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in a moment too. And when you lift your hand, you're not going to be responding to me. You'll be responding to Jesus. You'll be responding to the one who hung on a cross, the one who died on our behalf, the one who carried the weight of all our wrongdoing, the mess that we have the ability to make so easily, whether we like it or not. He carried the weight of our sin on his shoulders. He did all of that so that we can be connected with the Father so that we can say, I know him. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that's you. And I'd like you to just give me a wave and I I want to acknowledge you. The Holy Spirit will be provoking you right now if you need to respond to Him tonight. Now your heart could be racing, your hands could be sweaty. I don't know. There are some of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But I know this for sure. God's desire is that none miss out. We can choose God or we can choose to have nothing to do with Him. That's our choice. Both have eternal consequences. But God's desire is that no one misses out. That every person knows Him. Tonight, if you need to say, yes, Jesus, I'm going on this journey. Well, everyone's got their eyes closed. Can you just lift your hand so I can see it, please? I'm only going to wait a few seconds. Make sure I see your hand if you're going to lift it. I'm going to assume that every person in the room is on the journey with Jesus, which is awesome. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that every person in this room is on a journey with you. I thank you that every person in this room can answer that question. And Father, as we are hope carriers for the world, I ask that wherever we are and whenever we're there this week, you'd help us to be like Jesus. Father, that we would bring hope into every situation. That wherever we are, the observation would be that not only do we love you, Lord, but we love our neighbour. And that you would flow, you would leak out of us. And as a process, as a product of that this week, I ask that people in our city wherever we are, will be touched with the love and the goodness and the kindness and the mercy and the grace and the peace of God in Jesus' name. Father, let your blessing and a great sense of your favour rest on your church in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, let's give Pastor and a hand for that. Thank you for that challenge. It's a good one. Do you have action behind your words?
cool. Well, hey, for the youth, we have a take-home question for you guys. Now, this is something for you to discuss uh, with your folks to encourage a bit of faith discussion at home. And, and the question is, what does the Bible say God thinks about us? What does the Bible say God thinks about us? So enjoy that, chatting about that at home. And um, if you're new here, don't shoot off. We'd love to uh, get to know you, love to chat with you. So just down at the back here on the right. Also, if you call Activate Church your home, please be purposed in your giving. And young adults, tonight we're heading to Melina's flat for a bit of soup, pumpkin soup I do believe, and bread. They've been um, cooking up a storm today, so cooking up a whole heap of pumpkin soup. So your job, young adults, which is like brackets for anyone really, but young adults, uh, your job is to bring dessert and bread. Dessert and bread. Can we do that? Yes, we can. So pumpkin soup, dessert and bread. Uh, If you don't know where Melina's flat is, talk to a young adult because they'll know where it is. Otherwise, talk to Melina. Amen. Hey, bless you guys. Go out onto this week carrying God's presence. Wherever you go, see how you can bless people. See what you can do to bless others. Cool? Amen.
Brit, Cray, ready or not, yeah. Let's go. I tried to cover my shine.